It's Thursday, March the 19th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, borders close across the world and governments pledge more economic help. First, the world in brief. Travellers from outside the European Union were blocked from entry at its borders and airports for the first time after the European Commission unveiled a travel ban on Monday. America and Canada have also planned to close their borders to non-essential traffic. As air passenger volumes collapsed because of government restrictions, Ryanair, Europe's largest budget airline, said it planned to end nearly all flights from March 24th. Italy recorded 475 deaths due to the coronavirus in a single day, its most horrible tally yet, most of them in the region of Lombardy. China, for the first time since the outbreak began, recorded zero local infections, though travellers are now re-importing the virus that began in Wuhan. Two members of America's Congress tested positive for the disease. The value of shares, commodities and even bonds continued to plunge despite the efforts of both governments and central banks to shore up their economies. The price of Brent crude oil dropped below $25 a barrel to 17-year lows. After America's S&P 500 fell by over 5% yesterday, stock markets in Australia and China also fell during morning trading, although Japan's topics gained a little. Yields on 10-year American government bonds rose above 1.2% as investors concluded that only dollars will do. Britain's government unveiled £350 billion, $400 billion in economic support measures to aid companies battered by COVID-19. But Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, was urged by MPs and business groups to do even more, including supporting renters and freelance workers. The Bank of England also said it was willing to pump unlimited money into the economy. Britain closed schools to take effect at the end of Friday. Scotland moved first, followed by Wales and then England. The children of critical workers like doctors, nurses, police and delivery drivers will still be allowed to attend. The government says the coronavirus is unlikely to spread quickly amid such small pupil numbers. Following another rout in the primary polls that America's Democrats conducted on Tuesday, Bernie Sanders' team said he would assess his campaign. That is the usual euphemism for prepares to quit. His withdrawal could conclude a stunning reversal. Mr Sanders was the frontrunner in early states where Joe Biden, who has since overtaken him, finished fourth or fifth. And America imposed an increase in tariffs of 50% on imports of planes from the European Union in retaliation for unfair subsidies it alleges the bloc gave Airbus, a European aerospace giant. European officials said that the EU's trade commissioner, Phil Hogan, underscored the bloc's desire to negotiate a settlement when he spoke to Robert Lighthizer, America's trade representative, by phone on Monday. And now, here's today's agenda. A global race, finding a vaccine for COVID-19. Although devising a vaccine for COVID-19 might normally be expected to take a year to 18 months, the rapid development of the Ebola vaccine showed that this timeline can be reduced, given enough will. The starting gun for COVID-19s was fired on January 10th, when Chinese scientists released the genetic sequence of the virus. Since then, different groups around the world have been racing to develop a vaccine.
The first out of the gate started safety tests last week. Others could start human trials in the coming month. If vaccines are safe, they will then go to efficacy trials. Thus, the first patient outside of a trial might be vaccinated within six months of January 10th. If, that is, the vaccine turns out to be easy to create, some, like HIV, have proved difficult and safe. Scaling up production is trickier. It would usually require about three months before any firm could start mass production. Uniting against the virus, the Spanish experience. After Italy, Spain is the European country worst hit by COVID-19, with almost 14,000 cases and over 600 dead. After some hesitation, on March 14th it became the second European country to declare a state of emergency and near-total lockdown. This week it announced an economic aid package potentially worth up to 200 billion euros, 218 billion dollars, or around 15% of GDP. The outbreak is a test for the inexperienced left-wing coalition government headed by Pedro Sánchez. Despite some grumbling from nationalists in Catalonia and the Basque country, he has placed the national government in charge of care and security throughout Spain. Spaniards seem to be backing him so far. So did much of the opposition when he appeared before an almost empty Congress on March 18th to defend the emergency, which is likely to last longer than its initial 15 days. He hopes the unity will endure long enough for him to gain approval for his first budget. Darling Buds – Japan's Blossoms and Coronavirus Japan's beloved hanami season starts today, heralding the arrival of spring. But the prospect of millions of citizens partying cheek by jowl under cherry blossom trees in fleeting full bloom has alarmed the authorities. Tokyo's government has asked people to avoid gatherings that involve food and drink to slow the spread of COVID-19. But complacency about social distancing appears to be settling in. The official figures of 102 cases and two deaths in a city of nearly 14 million may well be an underestimate. Japan has tested relatively few people. Some suspect the government is playing down the scope of the pandemic to avoid disrupting the Olympics, which are supposed to start in July. Abe Shinzo, the Prime Minister, insists the games will go ahead as planned. Were it not for the fear of infection, Hanami parties might relieve the stress of living with the coronavirus. Cherry blossoms are a symbol of the fragility of life. Keeping it in the family, Hyundai. Chung Mong Koo, the Korean carmaker's boss, has increasingly devolved power to his son Chung Wei Sun. The elder Mr. Chung, himself the son of Hyundai's founder, takes another step back today when shareholders elect a new set of board members. For the first time in 22 years, they will not include him. His tenure has not always been smooth. In 2007, he was convicted of embezzling about $90 million from the company, receiving a suspended sentence. Hyundai then struggled with stagnant sales and declining profits. The younger Mr. Chung, however, is already giving the company the jolt it needs as vice chairman. He boosted Hyundai's offering of sport utility vehicles, helping the company increase its sales and profits in 2019. The upturn will probably be short-lived, however. Supply chain disruptions and an almost certain slump in demand resulting from the spread of COVID-19 will consume Hyundai's agenda for 2020. Into thin air, Lufthansa's earnings. 
It is unlikely that Lufthansa's results reported today will ever have attracted so much interest. One of Europe's biggest airlines will act as a bellwether for the continent's embattled carriers, hit especially hard by Covid-19 and the draconian travel restrictions put in place on the continent to contain its spread. European airlines have slashed schedules further and faster than most others around the world and will have little ticket money coming in. Analysts will want to know how much they have going out. Lufthansa's cash burn will give an indication of what others, such as Air France KLM and IAG, owner of British Airways, may face. Without government assistance, even some of the biggest airlines will start to run out of funds after three months. For those European airlines, 35% of the total, that already make little or no profits, bankruptcies will start to come soon unless state aid is forthcoming. If disruption is prolonged, few will be safe. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Arthur Balfour, who died on this day in 1930. Our whole political machinery presupposes a people so fundamentally at one that they can safely afford to bicker. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.